what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. How often do you check in on your soul? That's a weird question, I know, but today's episode of The Written Compass, I'm excited to introduce you to Regina Curtis. She is a soul wisdom mentor, speaker, author, podcast host, art channel. She's pretty cool, and I'm excited to talk with her today because we're going to talk about how she has used her creativity, specifically writing, to help develop her own internal wisdom, and she's going to share how she does that and supports other people just like you in developing their soul wisdom language as well. We're so excited you're here. Come on in and join us. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Written Compass. Shana Hartman here, Embodied Writing Coach. Super excited for today. As you know, most of the time this podcast has been a solo podcast. I've been the main person that you have, we'll just hope, (laughs) have enjoyed listening to. And I am starting to bring in amazing people who I have connected to for various reasons. They might be people on my team you've heard from. Um, They might be fellow authors that I've been connected with, or just generally awesome people that use writing as an embodiment tool, as a part of who they are and how they show up in the world, as a part of their business, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be doing this more and more. And so today I get to introduce you to an amazing person, Regina. And Regina, I love the way you, Regina, describe yourself. Um, This is straight from your website. Um, She considers herself a soul wisdom mentor. Can we just like say that again? A soul (laughs) wisdom mentor, a speaker, an author, a podcast host herself, um, art channel, and the founder of, and I'm going to let you say your website (laughs) because I realize at this moment, I have actually never said it out loud and I want to make sure I say it right because it's important for, because it's your .com. So I'm going to turn it over. That's my initial introduction, but welcome Regina. I'm excited you're here. Say this beautiful word for us and then tell us a little bit more about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, it's at Maytree. Um, and it is a word that I actually created. It's mm-hmm. It comes from two Sanskrit words that I've fused together, meaning uh, the first one is Atman, meaning soul or self. And the second, Maitri, which means... Um, benevolence or kindness. And so it's really kindness towards your soul. And that's really the work that I do in my own life and the work that I do with others. So, uh, yeah, so I think that's a beautiful place to start. And, um, yeah, so I'm Regina, I'm a soul wisdom mentor and all those other things, (laughs) an art channel, an author, etc. And what that really means is that I help people to really tap into the wisdom that comes through their authentic ways of being and knowing. And so that can look like intuition development. It can look like aligning with your cycles and rhythms and much, much more, um, often using creativity and writing as a part of the process. Hmm. It's not a surprise that writing comes out of your work. Obviously, I think most people are familiar with the idea of writing being a creative outlet. And tell us about what you feel like why, why and how does writing show up for you in your own soul wisdom work and then the work you do with your clients? 
Absolutely. So writing is so infused into who I am as a person. Uh, It was a long time in my life before I actually considered myself to be a writer or an author. It was always something that I felt was a part of my personal practice. You know, I would journal or I would, um, you know, write things out as they came to me and then use that as the platform that I would then build from. Um, And interesting, when I started to tap into my ability of becoming an art channel, I mean, I always have been that. It's not necessarily that it was something I sought out, but as it really came into form, it kind of flipped in reverse. And so I receive messages through images. And then as I kind of integrate that, I then use a process of automatic writing to then really channel through and synthesize what those messages mean. Hmm, I love that. And tell us like a little bit more uh, about the idea, because I know the word channel can mean lots of different things for different people. (laughs) But what does art channel mean for you? Really what it means is it's just a process of receiving information in a conscious way that is coming not from my analytical brain, but from something deeper or beyond that. Um, And so a lot of times people kind of are introduced to the idea of being a channel as, you know, someone who receives information from spiritual beings or multidimensional beings, but really that information can come through your higher self, your inner knowing, your intuition as well. It can come from many things. And uh, human design is something that I actually work with a lot in my my life and in my business. And if it's not something you're familiar with, it's really just a modality for understanding yourself, an introspective tool, so to speak. Um, And I have an open throat center and an open G center, meaning that that's kind of like where your heart is. And so what that means is that I have this really uh, fluid ability to receive information and process it through in a way that aligns with how someone else is going to receive it best. Uh, that's the simplest way to put it. And that's really what I kind of define as being a channel. I love that. Yeah. And, and I think all of it, you know, no, no matter what your understanding or not of, of kind of, um, well, I'll just claim most of the people that I'm connect- connected with have an understanding that there are things beyond our physical, yeah. human, logical understanding of the world. Um, you know, for me, that's God. For other people, you know, it's uh, so many different things. And I think it's yeah. beautiful. And so that idea of channeling, like, is is accessing in some way that is not through the cranial brain. Because when we go up there, this stuff doesn't make sense, right? Like, right. It's not, yeah. But when we get connected within and just allow whatever shows up to show up and express that through art, through writing, mm-hmm. like wh- what gets to happen when we do that? And, and you might pull in some of the ways that you've talked about this. Um, Regina has co-authored a lot of books and has chapters, which we're going to talk about, but I'd love to kind of bring them in now. Like, how have you kind of explained the power of tapping into this, maybe through some of the the books that you've um, been a part of and published? Absolutely. Actually, I think these are a really great way of explaining that. So I've um, contributed chapters to three multi-author books, and each one of them has a little different personality, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, but all three of them really are 
at their heart, an explanation of the tangible path that I took to connect with this soul wisdom, right? My, and, and learn how to express that through the language that really aligns for me. So the first book that I did, uh, Creativity is Whatever You Want It to Be, um, they all have long chapter names. So I'm going to, um, I may shorten them a little bit just as the, the title and not the subtitle. But in that book, it was really me exploring what I called my soul with the, the whispers from my soul mm-hmm. and learning to to tap into what I call my soul wisdom language. And that was through the lens of creativity. It was um, talking about how all throughout my life, I've really received information through colors and lines and shapes. And as I travel the world, certain things will become really vibrant to me. And I would take photographs of that. Um, I actually once I was getting my a new phone and the man who was uploading all the information into my phone for me asked me what I do for a living because he said I have more photographs on my phone than anyone he's ever seen before. Um, And yeah, he said the only other person he'd seen with even close to what I had was a journalist. And I said, Oh, I'm a I'm a soul wisdom mentor. And he's like, I, okay, tell me more, you know? (laughs) Um, But it's how I capture moments. And within those moments is a wealth of wisdom. And so it's through those kind of snapshots that we take either physically or mentally or emotionally or, you know, continue on um, that that wisdom exists and you can tap into that later by coming back and returning to those photos or memories. The second book um, that I did was Mystics Revealed. And in that, I went through and told a series of kind of micro stories. Some of them were a paragraph long. Some of them were several pages um, about my encounters with strangers and how that really those encounters with other people. And I use strangers kind of in a, a double double meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, they were strange encounters. And sometimes the the experience was strange. Sometimes the person came across as a little strange. But each one of them led me to a, a belief and an understanding of something within myself. Sometimes those beliefs were supportive. Sometimes they were not supportive. Um, but really, it was just how the communication with others and the experiences that I have where I engage with others always come back and teach me something about myself. And so that's another layer of who I am and how I show up in the world. And then the third um, is called Nourished, and it's my most recent one. Um, And it is a series of this one's kind of a windy, twisty tale. Um, it's, it's an action story in some ways. And it's all about how I learned to read, understand, interpret the language of my dreams through a process of lucid dreaming. So mm-hmm. for anyone who's not familiar with that is, it's being aware that you're dreaming while you're dreaming. Mm-hmm. And so it started when I was six years old. Um that's the first time I can consciously remember it. And then moving through a series of some crazy situations that have happened in my life um, and how each one of those situations has really helped me deepen a trust in my own self and my ways of knowing and being and to uh, become more fluent in my soul wisdom language. 
I love that. And I, I love, like, I just keep hearing that whole underpinning of connecting to you, further understanding you. And yeah. what, what I think is so powerful for people to remember is writing is part of why I think people say like writing is so hard is because you're literally taking the insides of you yes. <laughs> and putting them on the outside. Yeah. And it's not necessarily something, I, I don't think people, you know, are born writers, but I do think we're all messaged beings. <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. We all, some, we all have a voice. We all are here for a reason. We all have something to share. And it, it's the, what's, what's so powerful. And I'd love to hear you too. Like what has writing, like the process, the actual act of, you talked about journaling, all that kind of stuff. Like how has that shaped? What do you feel like your process is now? How is it still shaping and becoming? Because I know for me, like it shifts and ebbs and flows at different times. And um, what I want people to hear, what I think is so powerful about just what you're saying is one, like each of these chapters, and I hope everyone again, will share in the show notes um, where to get these books. When you get to each of these books in these chapters, like you're seeing someone trying to take this thing that they've been trying to understand, like a book is really an opportunity. It just, Give yourself space to like try to make some meaning or understanding of whatever you've been experiencing on on your journey. And it's not about what I love too is like in that exploration, you've learned about yourself more. You've learned to connect to yourself more. You've learned to make meaning of yourself more. And when a reader gets to experience that, right, like it's an invitation for them to do the very same Mm. thing. Yes. And it's not about Regina going, this is how you do it, right? Right. Or Regina or whoever, you know, the books that we're reading, it's it's an opportunity and an invitation. So talk about like, you've done these collaborative books and I know because Regina and I've talked about this, that she does have her own um, just Regina book yes. in the <laughs> works. And we're going to keep lovingly nudging that forward. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but tell us like, what are some of the things that show up for you as a part of your process, especially now that you've done these collaborative chapters, these, these co-authored books, like talk a little bit about the good, the bad, the messy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, there's a lot of messy for sure. Um, I would say it's all good, but it doesn't always all feel good in the moment. And um, I think kind of looking at where my journey with writing began, um, what I thought I was going to say, just actually um, my soul wisdom kicked in and was like, no, you're going to tell this other story. So um Here's a great example of how sometimes what doesn't feel good in the moment, what feels like a bad situation can actually become a really empowering thing um, in the future. So I would say that my journey with writing began very early in life. And um, when I say very early, I mean probably when I was about four. Um, So I have, uh, I'm a one of four siblings. <laughs> so I have two older siblings and one younger. And my two older siblings, especially my older sister, she's seven years older than me. And we shared a room when I was about this age. So from about the time I was out of a crib until I was maybe five, I think. Um, and that's really influential because she 
because she was so much older than me, she did a lot of things that I wasn't really appropriate for my age level at that point. And yet I always found them to be really inspiring. So I asked her to teach me how to read um, and spell things. And I remember the first thing when she was teaching me, she said, what do you want to learn how to spell? And my first word that I wanted to spell as a probably three or four year old was unicorn. Um, So, I mean, this is, this is me. Like I jump in, I go big. um, And yeah, so I remember that. And then she taught me the difference between dessert and desert was that Mm -hmm. strawberry shortcake has two S's and I will never forget these things. Right. So that was my first introduction into writing. It was, ex- it was inspiring. It was exciting. It was fun. Playful. It was cool. yeah. yeah. And then crash and burn, like complete opposite experience. I went to kindergarten and I remember being so excited about education and learning because I'd been in this really loving space of my sister teaching me. Um, and then I got into school and I went for my preschool. There was a test you had to do. I don't know if you still have to do this or not. Um, but I had to throw a bean bag back and forth and we counted as high as I could count. And I remember the teacher's eyes like swirling and was like, okay, we've gotten to a hundred. Like I see, yes, you're, you know, and she was so bored and I was like, this is fun. I can go higher, you know? Um, so anyway, I get into school and most of the, most of my classmates were learning their alphabet. And I was spelling unicorn and dessert and strawberry shortcake and, you know, like putting together sentences at this point. Um, So I was bored. I was very, very bored. And I remember one day um, I couldn't really articulate it at the time, but I remember standing in the kitchen and the bus had pulled up and I couldn't move my feet like I just, there was this sinking feeling in my stomach and I, I wouldn't move. I couldn't move. Um, and what kind of unfolded from there was my parents had to go have a teacher conference. And essentially I was like, I don't want to play at school. I want to learn at school. I can play at home. I want to go to school to learn. And so they gave me homework. Because there really wasn't, this was in the early 80s, there wasn't enough time to do more. And there were more kids, you know, to to process with and to teach. And so I got this homework. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to do this. I got my little Richard Scarry dictionary. And I wrote this story about oranges. And then I was accused of cheating because um, I was told that my mother had helped me write it because it was beyond the, you know, basically the level that I should have been at. So from that point on, I think that's when I learned I'm not a writer. It's not a safe space. Um, And it wasn't until I really started embracing my journal practice, um, probably in the mid nineties or so, whenever the artist way came out and that became like a really popular thing. I started doing morning pages and, you know, that's evolved over the years. And now it's something I can sit down and write, you know, 3000 words, no problem in one sitting, because it's something that I do consistently all the time. Yeah. I thank you for sharing that story. And, um, it's no surprise to the people listening to this podcast, because I've talked about it a lot where, School just kind of, I don't want to fault, but it it does us wrong (laughs) in so many ways. Um, Your example of kind of 
what would be considered, quote, being ahead and having resources and having had access to reading and writing mm-hmm. at an early age in the home. That's not everybody's situation. Right. You know, that led you to school not supporting you. And in the same way, when people come from different backgrounds and understanding of language and school, same thing, like basically yeah. isn't able to support them. Um, but I'm glad you found your way. It sounded like you had to find it on the outskirts of the traditional uh, K through 12 educational setting. And that is not, you know, an uncommon thing. Um, I haven't yet had anyone on here who has talked about how school supported their growth as a writer. We often have that one or two teacher moments where, you know, maybe there was something there, but um, you know, again, I just tiny sidebar of like, let's listen to this people. Let's get this together. (laughs) Let's figure out how we can really support our kids in their literacy and not take it away from them essentially um, where they don't feel safe and it's not a safe space. But I love, so I hear to now process is morning pages. You can, you really know how to kind of channel and just let the words fly. So the Mm -hmm. kind of age old question, right? You're writing this book, like why does it not exist yet, Regina? <laughs> so actually, I love that you asked that question and keep asking me that question because every time I answer, I'm like, uh, yeah, this is inspiration for me to do it. But um, so there's a, one other piece of that journey that um, I'll summarize really quickly. It was basically that all throughout, whether it was high school, college, even as an adult in the, in the workspace, I've always been encouraged to create an outline first and then fill in the rest of it, right? And I don't work that way. I mm-hmm. pour like the the book that I'm writing, my solo book, I actually sat down one day at seven in the morning, just starting my morning pages. And by four o'clock that afternoon, I'd had 8,000 words handwritten in a spiral notebook. Um, my hand was numb. I had to like, I just poured out of me. Right. And so the process of then trying to fit that into the structure of chapters and, uh, you know, a manuscript and, a you know, all the different pieces of it and trying to kind of like work backwards in that when everything I've always been taught is start with a structure, fill in the gaps. And I'm like, here's a whole lot of stuff. Now find the structure in it. And that has been a really big challenge and something that I still um, am overcoming. But doing these multi-author books has really helped me through a lot of that process by being able to kind of like do these bite-sized pieces where Mm -hmm. 3,000 words is really easy for me to write, like I said, and I can start with that and then kind of take that through the process, whereas the thought of, you know, 10,000 plus words for a full book and doing that feels still a little bit overwhelming, but getting, I'm getting more accustomed to it. (laughs) Yeah. And and my having just supported people in a multi-author book, that is sometimes people's gateway into their own book. So hear that, you know, pay attention for those of you who are trying to get yourself out there um, and you want to publish a book. One step towards that can be getting to be a part of a project that is multi-author. And that is a very common, you know, and inviting thing for people to do. So reach out if that's something that you're interested in. I can support you if it's not through the work that we do. I have other people um, and places to point you and colleagues who do that more frequently. Mine's just sort of been a every now and then um, that has come up. 
And um, I love that. And then what is interesting too, is that whole, you know, I need a blank in order to write the book. And yeah. I really push against that idea that you have to have an outline. I see so many things and ads and whatnot of like, follow this template and yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a plug and play. And for mo- I, I do think there is a need for that for some people that makes total sense and that works. But f- there is a place for the people where it's like, no, that is a pair of shoes that absolutely do not fit. And in fact, will be uncomfortable. And in fact, will make me not want to go out and walk or be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think we need to encourage and realize like, I know you've got your book probably completely written. It's now just like, like that matter of getting another set of eyes on it to say, here's chapter one, here's chapter two or not some other structure, right? That's the thing too, is when we're, when writing and we're doing our, our own publications in so many ways, like what, what is, what do these words want to form? You know, like what do they want the shape to be? Um, I think that's a really powerful approach too. So I know there will be other people who resonate with um, the way you're talking about writing and the way you're talking about your process. So I'm glad that you shared that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, So tell us, Regina, what are the different ways that you can, um, that people can connect with you and reach out to you if they want to get connected um, after this? Absolutely. So um, everything's connected through my website. You can pretty much get to anything from there or through my link tree, which is connected to um, my Instagram. Everything is at Maytri. It's A-T-M-A-I-T-R-I. So either at at Maytri, at Maytri.com. And one thing that I'd recommend for anyone who's kind of curious about what soul wisdom is or soul wisdom language is I have a quiz on my website that's figuring out your soul wisdom language. Um, And then I have some practices that come at the end of that in a downloadable PDF. So that's a really great way to start to get just get familiar with it and play around with it. Beautiful. So we will make sure um, these show notes, uh, check out the show notes. They will have all of this information as well as how to access um, Regina's books and just to get connected with her because you're pretty awesome and cool. Uh, and <laughs> everyone who needs you to make sure they have access. That's part of why um, we we do this. And I'm excited to come and play on your um in your podcast land as well very soon. Absolutely. Yay. I'm so excited to have you. And yeah, thanks to everyone who's listening and just know, I I think, you know, I just feel like I want to say, know that you can do it your way and it's still, you know, can be a nourishing process for you. And it's just that process of finding the right support for it. I love that. I love your way or a way versus the way because there is no one or the way. Um, We all are unique and beautiful and we we love the idea of of just finding the path that helps you be more authentically you. Well, thank you so much, Regina. This was super fun and I know we'll be in touch soon. And thank you everyone for listening. Be sure you go and check out the quiz and check out all the links in the show notes. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Written Compass. If you are enjoying this content, do me a favor and go and review the podcast. This allows me to share and get these messages out to the people who really need them, who we want to read their books in the future. You can also go and share your thoughts and tag me at Shana Hartman underscore on Instagram. Again, this is just a way for us to get connected and share the writing love. 
And if you know that you are ready to write your book, that message that's been burning inside of you for a long time, then I want to talk to you. My team and I want to talk to you. Head on over to shanahartman.com and click work with us. From there, you'll see an application to explore and see if writing your book is your next best step. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.